Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And welcome back, team, to another podcast or should we say episode on the One Guy Show. Mr. Hayden Rolf, welcome back. I say welcome back as if like you're a guest. I'm like a guest. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've been welcome back to every single episode so far. I'll well, be back. Gonna... Here's a hint, I'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, Hayden's actually here every single week. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, but he is. Um, how's things going, Hayden? How, well, actually, you know, first things first, how are you in relation to getting over the big C, Rona? The big, uh, the big Rona. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually good. I feel really, really good. I feel back to myself, energy levels back up, back into the routine of getting up early again. Which was, that was, for me, like the biggest um, struggle that I had was mm. because my fatigue was like so high. I'm, I'm usually like a, an early person where I can get up at like five o'clock, absolutely fine, jump out of bed, ready to go over the day. Yeah. And it was almost impossible to do that. But I think I did it properly, you know, like I didn't rush myself back into exercise. I didn't like rush my back in, uh, myself back into like a, a, a fast schedule. Mm. So I started slow, built my way up and I think, yeah, I'm feeling good for it. Taste Come is on. 90% of the way there. Smell is 90% of the way there. There's some, some small things that I can't taste and same with um, there's some things I can't smell as well. But it's crazy, isn't it? Like some people, some people literally like over a year and they still haven't got it back. So the fact that you're, you're already 90%, I think is a very lucky thing in your corner. Yeah. I've been sent a um, few good studies as well of like some research that they're doing to find out why this actually happens. Mm -hmm. um, and they're testing, one of them that I've read was like they're testing folic acid. Um for people that it's like have had it post six months, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see actually how all this comes out. It's the, we shall see. We shall see. Mm. So team, without further ado, let's mm. dig in to the topic. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, two, uh, I am 20 days out from officially being a father. Um, I mean, you could be two days out. Yeah, I mean, she could literally come at any time. Excited, nervous, all the emotions, I think. You know, I've been excited from day dot. Like, literally, from, from the moment uh, I've kind of, like, found out, I've been super excited. And I think now it kind of comes to it. I think the biggest kind of is, is the unknown. I think that's what kind of is, at the moment, the thing. is like, it is a total unknown thing. Like, there is no rule book for this. There is no right or wrong, almost, either. But also... I mean, I've got, you've got to see your other half go through pain and you've just got to voluntarily just sit there and watch. And I'm like, that's almost, I think, the biggest thing that's at the moment in my head. I'm like, oh, I've never just oh, warned, like sat there and watched someone in that much pain before and it's going to be a bit of a weird experience. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be incredible. And, the, you know, the, the happiness of having a child is going to obviously take over that. Yeah, yeah. But seeing someone in that much pain, Pain, I think, is going to be a whole new experience because I'm like, ooh, ow, ooh, ooh, that, ooh, ah, ooh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'll be the supportive other half, and yeah, you know, in in, in in one of these podcasts, 
we're going to have Mini Ryan or Mini <laughs> Rebecca. It's a girl, so it's not going to be Mini Ryan, is it? So anyway, yeah. All good. Hang on, did you just drop the name? No, I said Mini Rebecca. No, no, it's not. We've called Rebecca. No oh, offense to the like, Rebecca's Jesus. out there in the world. Um, nah, nah. There's a big, there's a big confrontation around the name. Uh, we liked the name, and I got like quite into that name, and I was like, yeah, I like it. And then Mother Half changed her decision and decided that wasn't her favorite name. There was something else. And now she's very, very strongly acceptant of this other name. And I'm a bit on the fence about it. Um, yeah. So it's one of those awkward ones. And then there's the argument of that, like, well, I'm the one that's pushing her out and she's getting your surname. So, and then my name that I want, she's like, well, that can be a middle name. And I'm like, so it's a bit of a, a bit of a catch 22. I'm trying to come to terms of, okay, well, let's just kind of like warm to the name that she prefers. Um, and then also I'm kind of just like, well, maybe you just keep looking for names. So it's not an absolute no from you. No, no, it's growing on me the more I say it. But I think it's also because I'm just super stubborn and I'm like, I want to have the last say in the bloody name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know what? Like, it'll be, what will be, will be. And I think, anyway, we're not going to settle on a specific name until she's here, when you see her. And I think that's the cool thing is that actually you might see her and be like, she does not look like that. That's she a Gustavo. Like, that, yeah, like that's a Margaret through and through, 100%. Get <laughs> her in. So yeah, all excited. So yeah. team. Those of you that are listening to this, we asked now, we're now going to give you some, uh, we're going to give you more than one topic per podcast. And what we're going to do for you guys listening to this back, um, we're going to be breaking them up. So you're actually going to get three episodes a week, which are going to be mini episodes. And then we're going to do one big, full, long episode, which is going to be good for you guys who like the longer episodes, who like to listen for kind of 30, 40, 60 minutes. But then you're also going to have the little snippets three times a week of listening to three different topics that are going to be about 10 to 15 minutes. And I think this is going to give a good ratio of time for everyone to find exactly what you like. So we're not stopping. The long ones are going to be there, but we're going to break them into little chunks throughout the week to release them to help those who want just a little podcast rather than a big, long one. So today, the first thing we're going to start off with is talking about calorie calculators. So calorie calculators, we have a calorie calculator. Calorie calculators are Good. And we're going to dive into a bit about these. I don't know if you want to dive in first, Hayden, or you want me to give an overview or what? How do you want to do this? Yeah, sure. So calorie calculators are like, they're good. They give you an estimate, right? It gives you Mm -hmm. a good understanding to potentially, you know, where your focus should possibly be from a calorie perspective. Yeah. But it's not conclusive. And this is where so many people go wrong with it. So many people are like, okay, I've just found this calorie calculator. This is my calories, 100%. If I follow this, I'm going to lose body fat. But how, think about it logically, right? How you put a couple um, numbers into a machine and it spits you out another number. It knows Mm. nothing about you. It knows nothing about your previous dieting history, your medical conditions, like all of these things it doesn't know about. So how can you expect it to know your exact calories? Yeah. Yeah. that's where so many people go wrong, don't they? Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's the first point. The first point is that calorie calculators are simply a starting point of your averages. Unless you are doing 100,000 pounds kit um, that's really kind of working out your fat mass, your muscle mass, water weight, all these different things. And then it's really utilizing all of those to give you a better estimate. You're jumping in a, you know, a, a Doug, it's Douglas bag, isn't it? We did at uni. All these different kind of scientific ways to understand what it is. 
it's all just done on averages. And this is where people like Hayden said get confused is that they see this number as the be all and end all. It's like, this is my figure. This is what I have to stick to. And, and if it doesn't work, then my body's broken. And it's like, actually what you've got to realize is this, this is just a starting point on averages that gives you something to focus on. Now, in that same breath, that's also, there's a few things we kind of want to cover here is that a calorie calculator is done on averages, which means that it gives you a starting point. Now, one thing that's always uh, worth noting is, and I'm going to say this kind of here, is that do not try 57 different people's calculators because we get people that come to us and they're like, I used, and I literally yesterday, I've used James Smith's uh, calculator and I lost three pounds and I haven't lost it. Have you got a link to yours? As if that calculator was wrong. And I'm like, those calculators, they will usually give you probably roughly within 300 calories of a uh, ideal calorie intake, if that makes sense. Now, for the most part, they'll still put you in a deficit. It's like some might be bigger than others. I'd, I'd argue that none of them will put you in a surplus. Like they will all set you in a deficit. It's just probably the uh, the sure. size of the, yeah, the size of the deficit will be bigger or smaller depending on what calculator you use because the calculators use certain equations. Yeah. Um, so that's secondary point. The first thing is it starts on average. The second thing is once you get those numbers, stick with those numbers. Don't keep doing them because then you're like, People get really confused and they get quite caught up with the whole like, but this one gave me 300 calories more. Ryan, yours gave us 200 calories less. Like, whose is right or wrong? And so before they've even started, they then cause overwhelm. And it's that whole like, um, uh, when you're uh, an analysis, paralysis by analysis. It's like you're thinking too much in it that you don't even start because you're still trying to find this perfect calorie number. But it's like the perfect calorie number doesn't exist because one no day is exactly the same. So that's why a calorie is always just a target figure around about where you want to be. And once you've used one and got that number, stick with it. And then once you've got that number and you want to stick with it, I don't know, Hayden, if you wanted to kind of talk about what you want to do once you get your calories, about kind of um, alluding here to uh, actually like tracking stuff to find out. Yeah, I mean, this, where kind it lands. Of, this kind of ties nicely to what I was going to say anyway. Was like, so just to give you um, all an example of how far calorie calculators can be out by the numbers that have been suggested in a calorie calculation. So you know, obviously, you've got your your BMR and then you times it by like a number to find out like your activity level. So you times yep. by your activity level to get like your maintenance calories. If I put in my activity multiplier by what it says on the um, calculator, my calories maintenance comes out at 3,100. And I can categorically tell you that my calorie maintenance is not 3,100. That mm -hmm. would put me in a surplus. But going into what Ryan said, how do I know that? And I only know that because of testing because of tracking and seeing mm -hmm. what my calories should be. So like Ryan said, it's really, really important that you pick a calculation that you're going to use and stick to it, like stick yep. to it for at least 14 to 21 days. Because the only way that I found out that 3,100 wasn't my maintenance was by me actually tracking this data and seeing my weight go up and, um, all my other measurements and stuff going up as well that came yeah. in my yeah. pictures. I'm physically um, looking a bit more bloated and all of these things. So I tested, dropped it down a little bit and basically did exactly the same process every 14 to 21 days, which by the way, most people aren't even willing to put in is 14 to 21 days to then get to a point of where I actually realized, okay, I'm maintaining my 
um, like not only my weight, I maintain yeah. my physique, I maintain my measurements and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. That's it comes again. It's like, it's, it's circling back to that expectation thing. It's like, you jump into it and you're like, oh, well, it's been four days and um, there's something obviously wrong with four me. Days, but it's like, generous. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> there you go. It's like what you've got to do is work out your calories and understand this is just a soul, soul starting point. You need to track, collect data, like Hayden said, measurements, daily weigh-ins, photos, and then see after two to three weeks how your body is responding and the results that you are getting. Because that number might be perfect, but also that number might be too high. So it's like your results are quite slow and you want to speed it up. But actually the results might be quite fast. You find that hunger's there, energy's not there, sleep's impacted. Okay, cool. Well, maybe we can have a bit more calories than we first thought. So that's first and foremost, always track the data for two to three weeks to actually understand where those calories are. They're also... Oh, go on. So I was was just going to add into that as well is before you make any adjustments, because it's, it seems simple, right? Before you go like, right, okay, I'm not losing any weight. Nothing's changing. Right, I'm going to slash my calories lower. Ask yourself the honest question because there's going to be many variables to why potentially those calories aren't working for you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to ask yourself the question as well. Is it the fact that actually, you know, the calories aren't working or is it the fact that I'm not actually tracking my calories properly? Like yeah. I'm ad-libbing the days. At the weekends, yeah. I'm not really tracking that much at all. I'm just eating whatever I want. Like I actually don't know how to use my fitness pal. So I'm just putting the shepherd pie version that it says in my mm. fitness pal. So you have to like, you have to yeah. be open and not honest with yourself because if you just keep slashing your calories lower and lower and lower, like it's a means to an end. Like there's, there's yeah. nowhere else you can go with it. So you yeah. want to be checking all variables before you change your calories. And yeah. I mean, if you want us to do the hard work for you, reach out to us. The one Academy is exactly what we do. We take away all the guessing game, but it is going to be, unfortunately, the honest answer to all of you it's going to be trial and error and it's mm-hmm. going to be an extensive period of trial and error. It's not something yeah. that will happen in four to six weeks. It will take yeah. a long time, but once yeah. you have that formula, you've got it for life. Yeah. And that, that's it is it's once you've got your calories, you track the data and then you work out from the data where that's working. If it's not working, I'd argue the first point of call that you want to look at is how accurate is your tracking before you make any adjustments is how accurate are you? Is that like Hayden said, scanning everything, making sure you're picking the right things, or are you doing a lot of guesstimating, generalizing, because that could instantly be it. A lot of people, I think, think that their calories aren't right. And they're like, Ryan, you know, we've given, we've done it with clients. We've given their calories now, Ryan, 2200, never going to lose weight on that. I'm going to gain. And I'm like, cool. Well, you do this for two weeks. If you gain, I'll give you an extra two weeks of your academy. They come back and they're like, oh, I'm actually losing weight because they're now being diligent with their tracking. Whereas beforehand, there were probably a lot of guesstimating, estimating, and that can easily, you know, studies have shown that over-reporting, uh, under-reporting, sorry, with your calories can be up to like 400 calories, even in um, nutritionists. So like people do it. It's just, it's just human habit. Unfortunately, it's just the way it works. So track the data and then do that and make sure that your tracking is accurate before you make any adjustments if you believe that it's not working. The second thing is when you are tracking, don't just stick by that number. And I think this is probably something that a lot of PTs have done in the past. They're like, Susan, your calories are 2,197. That's what you got to hit. How hard is that? To the calorie. And also, you don't need to be that precise. If your calories come out as 2,137, for example, I would literally stick yourself at 2,000 to 2,200. That gives you a 200 calorie bracket, 
to work from. What it does is it alleviates all the stress. It allows you to have a bit more flexibility so you haven't got to be so rigid. Remember, restriction, not good. Rigid, rigidity, not good. It allows yourself flexibility to oh, actually have... What? Rigidity. rigidity. Yeah. Is it? It's definitely a word. Yeah, man. Don't don't ruin my flow. Um, and it gives you that like that kind of like flexibility with regards to your tracking. You haven't got to panic because you haven't hit two thousand one hundred thirty-seven calories on the dot. So actually, two thousand and ten calories is fine. Two thousand and fifty-seven calories is fine. It doesn't matter even if you have two thousand one hundred seventy-seven calories. It's fine. And that's what I think you've got to know is that there's a lot of worry, as it were, as to sometimes where your calories are. Um, and how close you are to hitting that exact number. Don't worry about that exact number. Set a 200 calorie bracket with that number in it, if that makes sense, like I just showed you, and that will give you more flexibility, more relaxation around tracking as well. And the last point that I just want to kind of talk about calories and calculators here, Hayden, is about your activity multiplier decision. Um, I think I briefly alluded to that, unless you can't remember earlier, then I can start it. But when choosing your calorie calculator uh, activity multiplier, so many people underestimate and they underestimate because they want that calorie calculator to spit out low calories. Yeah, I, I typically see it from two angles, if I'm completely honest. Like, I'd probably say the majority of the population 100% do that. Like, 100% want the low end of the calories, so they pretend that they're much more lazy than they am. And that yeah. can lead to a, a whole host of, of health problems. But at the same time as well, you do get the individual that goes on the other side where they're like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. I'm going to hit my steps every single day. But in reality, it's not actually what you do. Yeah. So you've got a huge mismatch of what your calories are. So you don't want to be shooting from either end. Like you want to, you know, I always say to people when making the decision from an activity multiplier, it's like get an average, just find an average of what you normally do per week because it's never going to be perfect. There are going to be times mm. in life where you plan to go to the gym, you plan to do 10,000 steps, but yeah. life happens. So you can't do it. Yeah. So yeah. It's, you want to have this kind of like balance and uh, understanding it. Again, it's going back to being realistic with your expectations and reviewing. Yeah. <clears throat> Everything that we're going to talk about really does. It's the boring, it's kind of the boring word, but it's, um, it's reflect, it's yeah. reviewing. Yeah, 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 massively. And also just as a side note, before we move on, just as a side note here, if you have metabolic conditions such as PCOS, hypothyroidism to an extent, unless you're medicated, um, menopause, these different things can influence your calorie need due to metabolic changes and metabolic differences to your average person. So if you do have one of those conditions, as myself and Hayden always say, reach out to us. If you use our calculator, which is in the link in the description to this podcast, cool. But if you have one of these conditions, reach out because we can give you a bit more information as to how you then would change it. And in the next little mini podcast episode, um, we're going to be talking about PCOS specifically and give you a brief overview as to what you want to be doing in relation to that as well. But just to kind of give a summary before we move on is Calorie calculators, great starting point, but it's just averages. You need to track. Once you've got your calorie start, use a bracket. Use a bracket of around 200 calories to give you an area to aim for. Number three is track two to three weeks to make sure that that calorie target is leading you to where you want to go with regards to your results. And if it's not, check your tracking first before you make any adjustments. 
Number three is when you're picking your activity multiplier, just be true to it. Don't try and get the lowest calories and also don't switch from calorie calculators, calorie calculators. They will give you different numbers. Use one, stick with it, hold the path and then make relevant adjustments if needed once you've checked your tracking.